You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Episode number 61 of that one time on tour is brought to you by the band 8-Bit. 8-Bit, spelled A-T-E-B-I-T, is a punk rock band from Beacon, New York, formed in 2015. The band spent the last couple of years sporadically touring the Northeast and Midwest in support of their first record. Their second record, Couch Surfer, was just released on July 5th, 2019 and is available at all online locations. The band will be heading to Australia in November in support of the record and will be playing shows with Australian punk band Nerdlinger. For more information on 8-Bit, check out 8bit.bandcamp.com, facebook.com forward slash 8-Bit Band, and on Instagram at 8-Bit underscore punk. Now here it is, their new single, Happy Lives.
all want happy lives. We 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 all want happy lives. Hey everyone, this is Jonathan from the band Brazil. I just want to let you know that we'll be playing our first show in 10 years, Friday, August 30th at the Hi-Fi in Indianapolis with the bands Pillars and Rooms. We're celebrating the 15-year anniversary of the release of A Hostage in the Meaning of Life, our debut album on Fearless Records. So come out Friday, August 30th at the Hi-Fi in Indianapolis. It's going to be an amazing time. Go to hi-fiindy.com for more information. Hey, this is Daryl from the Bow Weevils, and you're listening to that one time on tour. Everybody, what's going on? This is Chris Swinney. As always, I am your host for that one time on tour. This is my podcast where I get to have kick-ass conversations with people in or around the music industry. I want to thank you guys for checking out last week's episode with Travis from Coheed and Cambria. It was an epic, huge episode. We charted everywhere. We had so much cool feedback and so many new listeners. So if this is, you know, if Travis brought you here and you're still here, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I cannot wait to have him back on the show in the future as well as Claudio and Josh and all those guys at some point. But uh, this week I have Mr. Daryl Wilson, lead singer for the Bull Weevils, amazing Chicago punk band. I've been listening to the Bull Weevils since I was probably 15 years old. And they're just, they're awesome. They're, they're aggressive, but they've got that, the punk, like pop punk sensibility. They're, they're such a good band. Daryl's got some of the coolest, like craziest stage presence I've ever seen. And he's got a really good story as well, because not only is he the singer of the Bull Weevils, but he's also an emergency room doctor. So it's kind of like, you know, straddling both of those worlds, the punk world, and then like being a doctor. I don't think there's a lot of people out there that, that do both jobs, right? So uh, we're going to get to Daryl's conversation very, very soon. First things first, we always got to pay the bills. You guys, if you're an avid listener, you know, I got to pay the bills. So I got to tell you about my awesome sponsors. We have Merge 4 Socks. They are a company that make amazing socks. They have collaborations with surfers and skaters and bands. You guys have to check out Merge 4. You can check them out at Merge4.com or you can hit them up on all the social media platforms at Merge4. We're getting ready to do an amazing giveaway contest over at our Patreon with Merge4. And we're going to give away some really cool socks and some other stuff. So if you want to be eligible for that, head on over to Patreon.com forward slash T-O-T-O-T podcast. Sign up at the $5 level and it makes you eligible for the contest and all kinds of other good stuff we're going to start doing over there as well. So check out our Patreon and go check out Merge 4. 
We also have artist flags. They are still on as a sponsor. They make scrims and backdrops and like just the coolest stuff for your band or your company. So if you need any promotional items, like they made these huge TOTOT podcast like banners in my that I have in my studio. So you guys need to hit them up. It's artistflags.com or you can find them on all the social media platforms at artistflags. We also have Permanence Tattoo Gallery over in Anderson, Indiana on Meridian Street downtown. My buddy Jacob Harrison, he is an a past member of the show. It is his tattoo studio and man, he's an awesome tattoo artist. Everybody over there is so great. They do all styles. They will hook you up. You need to go to Permanence Tattoo Gallery on Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. Tell them that I sent you and they will I mean, they'll hook you up regardless, but they might hook you up with a better deal if you tell them that I sent you. So shout out to my dudes and my dudettes over at Permanent Tattoo Gallery. I want you guys to also check out 8-Bit, the band that sponsored this episode. It's spelled, I mean, I think it's supposed to be like 8-Bit Graphics, but it's A-T-E-B-I-T. So check them out. It's 8-Bit.Bandcamp.com. And they're really good. I think you guys will enjoy them. They're getting ready to go to Australia. So they, they have some big things going on. But uh, if your band or company wants to sponsor an episode, you can hit me up, tototpodcast at gmail.com. We'll figure out all the details and we will make it happen. I work with all budgets, just trying to keep the cost down for the podcast. So if you are interested, hit me up. So this week, I want to say happy birthday to my amazing wife, Felicia Swinney. She turns 28 on Thursday. And uh, she is, she's my best friend. She's the best mother in the world to my kids, Indy and Silas. And I just, I could not be, you know, more proud of her and just happy that she's in my life. And I mean, she was on the podcast. So if you guys have been listening for a while, you know, she was on the Ask Chris episode. She was my co-host. I'm going to try to get her to co-host with me again. But uh, I just want to say happy birthday, Felicia. I know that you listen to some of these. Hopefully you'll listen to this one. But uh, I love you, and uh, I'm over. I'm not going to be mushy anymore. So I love you. <laughs> Happy birthday. We're going to move on. Uh, so we have a top five list this week. I've been doing the TOTOT radio, but this week I'm going to do a top five list. So Joe from Rhode Island writes in and wanted to know the top five podcasts that I listen to. And uh, most of the time, the people leave their top five list, but he didn't. He just wanted to know what mine was. So I'm going to go ahead. So Joe from Rhode Island, here we go, man. Um, I listen to podcasts all the time. It was hard for me to narrow it down to five. So I just kind of went with the last five that I listened to. <laughs> so this is, this is what it is. So coming in at number five, it was kind of a, it was a tie. Cause I usually listen to these around the same time. As you know, if you listen to the podcast, I'm a big Metallica fan. And I listened to my friend Ryan Downey's podcast called Speak and Destroy. It's all about Metallica. And then Metal Up Your Podcast is another Metallica podcast that I love. I'm trying to get some of those guys, Clinton, Ethan, on the show pretty soon. And maybe I'll be on there talking about Metallica. Who knows? I've been on Speak and Destroy before telling my love for Metallica. So check out Speak and Destroy and Metal Up Your Podcast if you guys are into that sort of thing. Coming in at number four is Lead Singer Syndrome with Shane Told. Uh, Shane plays in a band, actually sings in a band called Silverstein, and he interviews other lead singers. And it's it's really cool. That's uh, It's one of the podcasts that kind of got me excited and inspired to start this podcast. Back in the day when I was playing with the band Brazil, and uh, when I was on a warp Tour with a couple other bands, we played some shows and got to know the guys in Silverstein pretty well. 
And Shane does a great job, and you guys should check out Lead Singer Syndrome. He was on the same network, Jabberjaw, that uh, this show is on. I'm not, I don't think he is any longer. I'm not really sure the deal with that. But uh, Shane, if you're out there listening, man, you know, good luck. Hope everything's going great. Love the podcast. Number three, I like this podcast a lot. I've been listening to it a lot lately. It's called This Was the Scene. And uh, it started out at the beginning being mostly about like the East Coast, like the New Jersey scene, kind of like, I don't know, the bands like Big Wig and the movie Life and, and you know, I guess Long Island scene, stuff like that. But they have since kind of broadened out into more of just kind of a 90s punk scene. They just had Lewis, the owner of Hopeless Records on there, and they've had you know, members of newfound glory, like all kinds of different bands. And it's a really, really cool podcast. So you guys should check out. This was the scene. Number two, my buddy Dewey Halpas over there at the peer pleasure podcast. I listen every week. Dewey's an amazing guy. He used to play in a band called anatomy of a ghost. He also played in Portugal, the man, and he just dropped a crazy episode. He got to go to fat Mike's house and interviewed him in the swimming pool. So, uh, Dewey's doing some big stuff over there. So make sure you go over and check out the Pure Pleasure podcast. Uh, you guys won't be sorry. He's He's got some great episodes, man. That's one of my favorites out there. He's on the same network with us as well in Jabberjaw. Uh, and then number one, I love this podcast. I listen all the time. It is called How Did This Get Made? It's got Jason Manzukas and Paul Shear, and they they talk about movies that maybe shouldn't have been made. I don't know. It's a... Uh, it's a really cool podcast. They just kind of make fun of movies. And most of the podcasts they do are live in front of an audience, which I've always thought about doing that. I don't know if I could pull enough people anywhere for it to be that cool, but I would love to try that sometime. But if you guys like good comedy stuff, check out How Did This Get Made? It's on the Earwolf Network. It's a really good podcast. But yeah, that those are my, I guess, you know, two tied for five and then the rest. So Speak and Destroy, Metal Up Your Podcast. They're both about Metallica. Lead singer syndrome that is Shane told from Silverstein's uh, podcast where he talks about talks to other lead singers. This was the scene. It's kind of about the 90s punk scene. It started out, like I said, New Jersey, Long Island, but now it's broadened out to the entire scene. Number two, pure pleasure podcast. My buddy Dewey, you got to check it out, especially that new Fat Mike episode. It's awesome. And then number one, how did this get made? Basically a podcast with really funny people talking about really shitty movies. So I hope you guys like my top five list. Joe from Rhode Island, you got to send me in yours, man. I'll go ahead and read it on the show next week. You just, uh, you asked me what mine was, but you did not tell me yours. So that's going to do it for the top five list. We'll be back next week with another uh, TOTOT radio segment. I'm cooking up some cool stuff for that. We just didn't have time to do it today. This has been a really long intro, so I'm going to get into my conversation with Mr. Daryl Wilson from the Bull Weevils. Uh, make sure to follow us on all the social media platforms. It's TOTOT Podcast. And that's it, man. So here we go. My conversation with the awesome doctor and lead singer of an amazing punk band, Mr. Daryl Wilson. Here we go. And I'm on the line with Mr. Daryl Wilson from the Bull Weevils. How are you today, Daryl? I'm doing good, Chris. How are you, man? I'm doing great. Uh, we were speaking a little bit before I, I did my little, you know, fake intro. Uh, you said you just got back from a water <laughs> park and it was raining. Why don't you tell me about how your day's been? 
Oh, it it started off brilliantly with uh, fights between myself and my seven-year-olds. And, you know, everybody has their own ideas. And, um, you know, I, I saw the weather prediction and my wife's like, we should all go to a water park. I'm like, that's a brilliantly bad idea. We should go to an indoor thing. <laughs> yeah. And of course, we get to the water park. It's packed because it's 90 some odd degrees. You can see the storm clouds kind of rolling in. And I'm like, OK, this is not going to end very well. We're parking we walk in, we finally get in, we just get settled to get all of our stuff put into a locker and boom, thunder. It's like, <laughs> yep. And of course, it's like, oh no, you can wait for half an hour. We'll see if it's going to blow over. And you look over on the horizon and it's just black cloud just yeah. rolling in. You can like see just like, just, you know, the four horsemen riding towards you. So <laughs> it is, it's like, you know, I'm like, this is not going to end well. So we're sitting there watching the Jesse White tumblers, um, you know, and I'm like going, we should leave. We should leave. My wife goes to get ice cream with the kids. I'm with one of the twins who was fighting with me earlier in the day. And so I'm like, we should start leaving. So we start walking out. And of course, the rain's coming. And they announce, hey, we're closing the park in 15 minutes. Wow. And of course, it's like the deluge of people and rain. My kids are screaming because there's lightning and thunder. I'm like starting to say we're going to be fine. And we just, oh, man, it, it was a, we drove through. I, I, I started, you know, stating that, you know, this is how most disaster movies start <laughs> yeah, people yeah people don't leave they realize we should have left when we heard the first crack thunder oh no it'll be fine it'll be fine when you notice that you know the genetically altered shark that you're building is suddenly getting smarter and doing things that's the time when you go we should abort this project or leave the underwater you know sanctuary <laughs> because we're all gonna die yeah so yeah. <laughs> it was a kind of that whole thing I'm like we should probably be leaving the park now but no no so, so do and, they do they refund your your like entry fee when they close the park down if you're there for an hour okay, so okay. yeah well so we, we had to hang out there to, to, to you know brave the elements to just get the rain check for the next time. Cause truly they give you a rain check once it's that time. So that, you know, you walk out, they hand you a thing. And there's of course a mob of a thousand people trying to get out at one time through yeah. one exit. It's, <laughs> a, it, it's, it's a, it's a total logistics nightmare and a total disaster nightmare. When you look at that going like, this is, this is how things end poorly. <laughs> so I just watch it like this, is how things end poorly, but we got out. We're fine. And I'm on the phone with you now, Chris. So I made it. That's awesome. And you mentioned twins. You know, I, I'm a dad. I have a, a three-year-old yeah. and an almost two-year-old. I know just from Facebook, I've seen your, your lovely family. What yeah. did you freak out when you found out you were having twins? Because I mean, I, I have two <laughs> and I know how hard it is. I know you have more than that, but you have twins. Right. What was the, the process in your mind? Like when you found out you were having twins? You know, I mean, it, <laughs> well, you know, my, my grandmother, God rest her soul was like, you know, you're going to have kids and you're going to do this. I'm going to have six kids. I'm like, no, nah, it's not going to happen. We're not going to have any kids. And, you know, I, <laughs> and then, you know, we were going through a whole bunch of fertility stuff and, and, you know, we stopped doing it for a while. We're like, no, nah, we're not doing this anymore. We're done. going to be dual income, no kids. And then tried one more time. And of course we get pregnant and have twins. Yeah. And so, you know, that, that's, that's how that works. And so, you know, it was good, you know, initially you're playing man to man defense and things seem to be okay. And then, you know, we have a third and she comes, you know, 21 months after those other two were born. So, yeah. um, you know, now we're outnumbered and, you know, they are outfoxing us in ways because you, you, you train them well, you teach them to do these things. And suddenly they start using those techniques against you. And you're like, Hey, this is way too early. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but, but I mean, it's, it, it's, it's a wonderful thing. It's, it's awesome. It's also crazy and maddening. Um, it's scary. 
It's, you know, joyous. It's, um, it's every emotion you can go through on the spectrum of emotions. Um, almost like you have all the green lantern rings and you know, all the other emotional <laughs> spectrum rings, you know, you have the, you know, the, you know, you have the indigo ring, you got this ring, you got the, you know, I don't think anybody has a black ring yet. So there's no death involved. That's, but, that's good. Um, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it, it's, it's definitely a, um, learning experience because there's really no good manual for it. Um, and you know, you just hope that, you know, despite everything, they all turn out to be great, but you won't know that till the very end product comes out and you look up one day and go, God, you guys are great. You guys are okay. Um, but you know, the stoic in me always says, you know, there's nothing we can, we can always try to mold people in a certain way, but people are people. I mean, everybody's yeah. an individual. The twins are both individuals in their own ways. And, you know, our, our, our five-year-olds an individual, um, and you know, despite us, I mean, they're going to end up being who they are. Um, it doesn't really reflect upon you as a parent. It, it, it's really just, they're who they are. Um, you know, and we're who we are and we just try to pass on things and hopefully they take it in and they make a decision to either go with, down the path that you're trying to show them or they go their own way. Um, and we have to love them either way. That's the thing. We got to love them either way. So that's the bottom line. Would you like them to take an interest in music? I mean, I think it's kind of a unique situation and we'll talk about it later on in the conversation, but not only yeah. are you the singer of a punk band, but you're also an emergency room doctor. <laughs> right. So, I, I mean, if they choose, you know, it's kind of a cool dynamic. It's like, oh, I want to be an artist or, oh, I want to go be a lawyer or a doctor. You kind of have both sides going, right? Right. And my brother's a lawyer. So that's even funnier. That's so, even I mean, funnier. It's, yeah. You know, so, and we don't get along, of course. No, we deal a lot. I'm just joking. I'm joking. But I mean, the big thing is, you know, whatever they choose to do, they're going to choose to do. I mean, they're one of my twins has an interest in veterinary medicine. She says, she said that ever since she could talk. I mean, she's had an interest in doing veterinary medicine. Um, you know, my youngest says someday she wants to be a doctor. Then other day she wants to be a princess. Other day she wants to be, <laughs> you know, a, a unicorn. So she has all these things she wants to be. And then our, my oldest twin, she told her by a minute, you know, she, she sometimes says she wants to do, you know, um, you know, fashion design. She wants to do, you know, be a dancer. She wants to be an artist. So she kind of really wants to do, you know, things that are more artistic in some sense. Um, but I'm like, I'm telling her, you know, punk rock doesn't pay the bills. So, you know, just, just make sure <laughs> you want to do something artistic. You have something else that you're doing as well. You can always pursue artistic, you know, pursuits, but, um, you know, have something else to fall back on because that might not be you're only, you know, bread and butter. So um, you, you have to be able to eat and eating ramen all the time isn't going to be the best thing in the world. So <laughs> do they, do they get to see their dad perform? Have they gone to the bull weevils shows? Hey, they have, they, they actually had an opportunity to go to show. It was a matinee show. We played um, with apocalypse Hoboken um, in 88 and it was great. You know, it was, it was a fun time. It was all of us, you know, old school Chicago guys from standpoint of up now we're the old school guys. Um, and um, you know, my, my kids got to get up on stage. They got to see me play live. They, they've seen us seen us before too, at uh, 350 Fest. Um, we played that um, some years ago, 350 Fest too. And my wife brought the kids. They were really young. You know, uh, the baby was just a baby, and the girls were probably just three. And uh, they witnessed me do my stupid antics. And they've seen it online. They saw it live. I jumped off the stage and injured myself like an idiot as usual, and um, you know, putting myself into it all. And, uh, I just saw my wife just look at me and shake her head like, you, you know, <laughs> you know like, and then the girls were like, ran up to me, daddy, give me hugs. And it was great, but I could hardly walk. And, and that I, I was just like, 
Yeah, you know, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. But they, they've seen it. They've enjoyed it. Um, they do enjoy the band. They, they've said that, you know, and this keeps them in the will, of course. They say, you know, my favorite bands are The Descendants. And I'm like, hey, that's good. And they wow. like, and the Bow Weevil, like, hey, so that's good to put us into that kind of, you know, categories. Thanks. But they're pretty biased because they see me every day. So, um, <laughs> but, they, but, they, but they are some of my biggest fans and I appreciate that. So um, I get a kick out of them, you know, what, liking, you know, our songs and singing some of our songs um, and then, you know, emulating me by jumping around and, and showing I'm daddy. And they start, you know, just, <laughs> you know, thrashing their heads around and jumping around and trying to harm themselves, you know. So, um, but yeah, they're, 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 they've seen the shows. They've enjoyed them. Um, I hope they can go to more of them because, you know, a lot of times you play late. They're not always all ages, yeah, but yeah. uh but they have come out and it's awesome. They're well, out there. Well, yeah, I had, I had my, my son and my daughter, uh, you know, a few years after I left the Ataris. So I, they've never really seen me play per se, but I've, I've shown my son videos on, on the internet and he's like, daddy, daddy. And I play guitar with him all the time. He's got a drum set and like two guitars and all kinds of stuff. So I kind of am one of those guys where it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if my kids were artistically inclined, but I also don't want to push stuff on them. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, I, but I think that you have to have some, you know, left brain, right brain to be completely a, a full human being. I mean, you have to do something yeah. artistic. You have to have some outlet outside of, you know, the analytic stuff that you do. Um, because if you're all robotic, you know, it doesn't make you, you know, really full and happy. And if you're, you're just artistic, then sometimes you don't sometimes have a realistic view of things sometimes. <laughs> so, um, you know, th that's the the thing you have to balance it. And I think that having any kind of outlet, whether it's, you know, sports, crocheting, you know, you know, painting, you know, music, dance, something, you know, it, it's going to help you flourish as a human being. And I think a lot of people are missing that in some senses where people think they can't pursue those things or they shouldn't because it's, they think it's a frivolity. Yeah. But I, I think that you have to find time to take time to really delve into yourself and express it in different ways. Um, and I, and really, I think if people did that more, there'd be less issues with people being happy for Christ's sake. So, so I think that would be a better thing for all people to pursue something artistic or, you know, frivolous in quotes, you know, in some sense. Well, and I'll say like, I, I, I don't want to keep, you know, going back to the doctor thing. Cause I do want to get the whole story here in a while, but yeah. the, the whole idea, like I know that your guitarist is like a principal at an elementary school, the idea that you guys kind of all have these, you know, quote unquote good by, you know, normal, normal people standards like jobs, but then you guys also get this release and you get to go play like punk rock bowling and you get to do all this cool stuff with the band like is right. it it just must be very joyful and happy that you know the band is there and it's your release but you don't have to rely on it for your living correct right i mean that that makes it really easy from that standpoint i mean it's easy and hard you know it, it's you got to find the time to do it but you got to find time to balance that you know time for play versus other responsibilities such as you know my responsibilities to the hospital my responsibilities to my family or responsibilities you know, to myself outside of the band. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it is a good thing to have that as an outlet. Um, and it's, it's a real good conversation starter, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. most of the time, um, you know, I'm pretty easily recognized as a physician as well as, you know, as a punk rock guy too. So, I mean, I'm a six foot four and a half, you know, 215 pound African-American guy with dreadlocks. It's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, you know, I'm, I'm not, I, I stick out in a crowd no matter what, but, um, 
you know, but then you start taking the whole, you know, bracket and start breaking it down and go, but also you're a doctor and also you, you know, you're an emergency physician and you're an EMS medical director and you are, you know, a, a guy that has, you know, three kids, two of them, you have twins, you yeah. know, yeah. you're married, you live, and it breaks it down and you start, start finding out that, wow, that's a really unique, you know, place to sit in. Um, and it is pretty cool, you know, when you look at it from an outsider's perspective I and mean, even from an insider perspective, I think it's, that's pretty cool. And I can't really complain about it too much. Um, but I find all those ways to complain, no matter what, nobody listens to my complaints. That's all. Like I said today, let's not go to the water park. It's going to rain and no yeah. one listened to me. That's what it comes down to. But I mean, you know, the, the, the idea of having this profession that really does kind of sustain me, that allows me to pursue artistic endeavors without the worry that my art has to feed me um, is actually pretty, you know, stress relieving in some senses. So I, 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 I love it. And I'm, I'm glad I can, you know, have these opportunities to still pursue the artistic uh, pursuits and, and have, you know, great times going to punk rock bowling, you know, playing with bands that, you know, are, I've been friends of ours for years and meeting new people and meeting, seeing new bands. And those opportunities are awesome that I, we still get them. So I, I can't really complain. My life is pretty sweet. Yeah. It's joyous. It's, it's pretty joyful. <laughs> so, I mean, it's such a cool story. And I mean, I, I've known about the story for a long time. I've been listening to you guys since the first full length. I mean, I was like, oh. Thanks, I think, man. I think I was a freshman or sophomore in high school. I was always really dialed into the Chicago scene, being in Indianapolis, where I'm at. Or yeah. I mean, I'm an hour north of Indy, so I'm actually closer to Chicago. But, and you know, I got I got into 88 very early on. I have an 88 tattoo. I've known Dan produced my first bands, like first two full lengths. I've known Dennis forever. Are you supposed to get into all shows for free or something like that? Cause you have that tattoo. Well, here's the thing, Joe. <laughs> yeah. I got into a bunch of 88 shows for free and my old band played with them and stuff. But then Joe told me later on when rise against started that I could get into all the rise against shows for free. And <laughs> I haven't, I haven't tested that method because the only times I've really seen them is when I was with another band playing with them. But yeah, we'll see when they, when they play Indiana next, I'm going to go and I'm going to just tell the security guard, go get Joe. I got a tattoo, man. <laughs> right. We'll see if that works. We'll see how that flies. <laughs> see how that flies. But yeah, I was plugged into the Chicago scene. I mean, I always loved like Naked Ray Gun and the Effigies, Peggy oh, yeah. Boy, like all the all the classic stuff. So when I heard you guys, it it reminded me of like I mean, it had that poppy sensibilities that some of the descendant stuff had, but then it was also in your face and aggressive. And I just I've been a huge fan of the band for a long time. And just kind of through my friendship with Dennis and Dan and everybody, I found you on Facebook. So it's really cool to make the connection. I don't think we've ever actually met in person, though. Right. Now we got to meet in person, Chris. That's we, the thing. It's, we totally I mean, we, have to, man. Yeah. We, we pretty much kind of know each other since you know all these same people. And I mean, and yeah, thanks for the, you know, the likes of the band and being a fan. I mean, hell, stick your neck out. What, 27 years now? I, I mean, think, yeah. What, I, I was looking it's, at my actual copy on CD and I think it came out in 94, maybe. Yeah, maybe 90, 92, 93, something like that. I think, so like, I think maybe I have the reissue. Wasn't it reissued on Dr. Strange? It was because there was an issue with the uh, um, artwork um, that, you know, that whole thing with the piston head guy yeah. uh, from four city auto parts back in the day. I mean, they don't exist, but we, we still exist. So I guess we won, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it got reissued. So yeah, I mean, you guys, it's, just, it's you guys just la like outlasted that, that place and you get to use yeah. the guy now, right? I think so. I think that's how it works. It's like the Highlander, you know, you're the last one standing. So you yeah. chop off the head and you get the power. So there you go. But I mean, we, 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 I mean, that record's over 25 years old. So I mean, that's a, 
that's a crazy thing. And it, it's, yeah, I, I, I'm glad that, you know, you fell into us and, you know, <laughs> we, we had this whole thing of, yeah, the Descendants, one of my favorite bands, um, you know, with the pop sensibilities of, of playing pop music and, and then having the aggressive nature of it at the same time. Cause I mean, like I, I've just said this earlier in a, a written blog post, you know, about, um, you know, our, our love of a whole wide range of music and that kind of makes it, our, our sound unique in its own way, um, though, it, though it has all these kind of tropes that come from different, uh, you know, sounds that we've heard. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm glad you found us, man. I'm glad that we're, <laughs> you know, we're, and I'm glad we're still around too. We're outlasting something. Yeah, so yeah. that's good. Well, I mean, and I remember like I got that rec. I have all of the records actually, but I, I know there was some spots in there where you guys weren't that active and we're going to talk about that. But why don't you take me back to how you found like, you know, the community anyway, like the punk rock community, like what spoke to you? What were some of the bands that got you into the music and what led you to want to pursue being a singer in a punk band? Well, I mean, my, my first forays into music, if you go way, way back, I mean, it's, my family would play music in the house. My my mom had a you know opportunity before my brother and I and my sister were born um, to actually sing for Motown. She was a you know being shopped as a person to sing an artist for Motown and didn't take that up. She was instead going to pursue higher education, yeah. which is the right thing to do. And you know and she was she was going to be a vet, but then decided to become you know a sociologist and and go into social sciences. And so, um, you know, always music around the house. My parents always would play all kinds of music. Like I said, I would always say in interviews that we listen to, you know, Sly and the Family Stone, you know, Brothers Johnson, you know, Stevie Wonder, uh, my sister would bring home Prince, you know, Devo, um, you know, uh, B-52s, um, you know, all these diverse sounds, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and there's always music in our house. I just, you know, have this synesthetic kind of, feeling with music where I can almost taste things or see colors and remember events that were surrounding the music that I would hear. I can remember the smell of apple blossoms wow. around our house, you know. Hey, by the, by the way, you said synesthesia. Like, I've got a touch of that as well. Do you, I ask people this all the time, not very much on the podcast, but do you associate colors with everything? Sometimes. I mean, my, my wife does it more than me, but yeah, I mean, you, you find that there are certain things you can look at a person and see a color that's associated with them that there yeah. might be, you know, dark and they're like a blue hue or, or green, <laughs> things like that, you know, to, to just give you a, a feeling about them. So what about, um, what about yeah. like the days of the week? Like ever since I w can even remember having thoughts, like as a kid, I've always had a color for every day of the week. Like if I said Monday, what color would you say? Uh, it's kind of a grayish, bluish color in a sense. <laughs> See, I'll tell Monday. you, man, I, I've got it like lined out like Monday's red, Tuesday's blue, Wednesday's yellow, Thursday's purple, Friday's green, Saturday's orange, and Sunday's brown. I have no idea why, but it's been yeah. I don't know what your I don't know your what damage happened to your head. It's hard to do that to you, but no, not not that. It's weird. Sense, I, I don't, I don't associate colors with hardly anything else. Like sometimes months, certain months have a color to me, but yeah, certain months do. I like April's always pinkish, okay, you know, yeah, I can see sense. That. And, you know, it, but it's easy. March is green. You know, you think about, 
you know, uh, May is reddish. Do you think March is green because of the whole St. Patrick's Day thing? Though? Probably, probably. <laughs> my brother and my brother was born you know, on St. Patrick's Day, so I mean okay. that's like the whole thing. So it's like that's it, crazy. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I with with music in you know the beginnings of being associated, you know, hearing it all the time in our house. I mean, there, there's certain emotional events or emotions that it evokes and certain things that it, it reminds you of. And so um, we'd hear music all the time. Then I remember as a, a, a little kid hearing, you know, ACDC and hearing, um, you know, uh, Iron Maiden and being wow. like, wow, this is really cool, you know? Um, and I, I just was like, you know, I, this is what I like. I like, I like this rock. I, it's, it's, it hits me in a way that I, it's aggressive and it feels really cool. Yeah. And, you know, I remember kids saying, Oh, you're a black guy. You can't listen to that because <laughs> that's white music. I'm like, and, and I remember even philosophically you think about this as a kid that music's not black or white. It's only is on the page is black or white. That's it. It's, it's yeah. just what you like. So just listen to what you like. So, you know, never really succumb, you know, would succumb to individuals, you know, taunts or continued statements that you can't do something. If anybody tells me I can't, I, I kind of push even harder and say, Oh, I'm going to prove to you that I can. So I would just um, tell them just, to listen to the bad brains and they'd shut up. Right. Right. So, <laughs> uh, but so, you know, it's like, yeah, but it's like, and that's the default thing. Oh, black guys, this is the bad brains. Like, not necessarily. It's like that whole, you know, hard times article, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, but, you know, I, I, I definitely uh, found that, you know, listening to kind of rock and roll was kind of really the thing. It was cool. And then punk rock came about um, when I, I was, we moved in Michigan and, you know, we, I went to Southfield, Michigan and there as a, you know, young teen, um, I started skateboarding. So, you know, I would skate and I remember one dude gave me a mixtape and it contained, uh, the germs and the adolescence and the angry Samoans. Wow. And good tape. <laughs> right. It was, it, it's when I heard that I was hooked. I'm like, this is what it was. My, my parents were, you know, getting divorced, you know, they'd been separated for a while. They're getting divorced and I was angry and it just spoke to me. I was like, you know, skating was good because it released aggression. Um, you know, I could sit there and, you know, do tricks and maybe get hurt. And it was like, ah, it's better than cutting or doing something like that. It was like, Hey, maybe I could accomplish something too. And not just cut myself and not be cool, which I never thought of cutting. It was more like, Hey, I'm going to skate. <laughs> maybe I'm going to, you know, bomb these stairs or something else. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, I got to hear those three bands and I was like hooked. Um, you know, if I, if I, you know, I, I, I love the germs, and the adolescents um, and, and the Angry Samoans are just some of my favorite bands. So um, hearing those three bands got me into punk rock. And then after that, the whole floodgates were open. So then you know, I got into the Circle Jerks and, you know, listened to Black Flag, um, you know, and it just would go from there. So um, I, that got me into the music and I've been hooked ever since. I was probably, what, 12, 13, something like that wow. at the time. So that was, that was way back when, when, did, when did it enter into your mind that you could do it? You know what I mean? Like you could actually be a part of the actual like performing of it or writing of it or whatever. You know, I, I don't think that really came into 
play until I moved here to Chicago. Um, so moved out to the suburbs of Chicago when I was, you know, uh, a senior in high school, you know? And, um, so I was here, you know, I'd already been listening to punk rock in Michigan and, you know, going to shows and hanging out, um, you know, my buddies, but I never thought about doing, I mean, mean, there's probably joking around like, you know, playing in a band or something like that. We'd like do music where you'd sing on a, you know, recorder or something like that. And and that's it. But nothing that was ever like, I could just do this. Yeah. Uh, But then when I, I saw Naked Raygun um, here in Chicago, that's when I was like, wow, this is, this is the, the, this is amazing. This is the stuff. And, and I mean, back uh, in that time, like the scene in Chicago, I mean, I wasn't a part of it, but I was like, you know, looking from afar, there were so many amazing bands. I mean, it, it seemed for me, which I'm a little bit younger than you, I think I'm, I'm 40, but when like, yeah. you know, the scene up in Chicago was so like vibrant, at least it seemed like it was in Indianapolis, there just wasn't a lot going on. Right. And, and, and that's the thing, you know, it's like you, you come to a, a vibrant scene that keeps on moving where you can see a show almost every night you you could, you know, and the people that you see become family because you're seeing the same people at shows all the time. You start to recognize people. They start to recognize you. Um, that was like really cool. And, you know, Raygun was one of those things that always brought people together in some sense. And it, it is, it's like family reunion kind of thing when you go to those shows. <laughs> and so, and, and there are people that are lifelong friends of mine that come from the hell. The band came out of that from, you know, meeting at a show, meeting at a Raygun show. So, you know, being there, um, you know, my, my whole goal at some point was to just have dinner with the band, you know, and <laughs> say, Hey, I'm, I'm friends with those. Just have like dinner with them. And, and we did those things. Um, but meeting, you know, Bob and, and Ken at, uh, you know, the Reagan shows and us hanging out becoming friends, they handed me a tape and they just said, Hey, we want you to sing for us only because they thought I looked cool. That was about it, you yeah. know? Um, and at the time I probably didn't look cool at all. I was pr- probably, you know, wear my jam shorts and my, my ironically worn Cub Scouts hat backwards. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, that's how it was, you know, oversized shirts and, and things like that yeah, yeah. Um, with my, my, with my Converse or my Vans. It's like, whatever. You know, I think back to that, I'm like, I would punch that guy in the face now. He's <laughs> what the hell was wrong with me? But it was a style back then, I guess. But um Believe me, you know, I've, I've got pictures of myself with like huge gene code jeans on and and like oh, all yeah. kinds of stuff, man. Like I was a punk rocker, but I was trying to look cool and it never worked. So those gene code jeans, you could put a segue in one of those things and just <laughs> yeah. roll around and not know it was there. And look like you're some kind of weird phantom moving across the ground because you wouldn't see it dude when i was in high school like me and all my like punk buddies that you know tried to be in bands or whatever we had this like uh this competition to see who could wear like the thickest chain wallet oh boy and there my my, the drummer of my band like shout out to jason if you're listening like his dad had this huge like monster truck and would like tow people you know, if they got stuck or whatever. And, and he had like this massive chain, like you couldn't even hardly pick it up. But Jason was this big, like kind of like you, like six, five, like big <laughs> yeah. guy. And he like had his dad fashion it. And so he could hook it to his wallet. And he had like this, it was literally like a 30 pound chain hanging off of his jean co pants. Just in case you need to anchor yourself somewhere, you yeah. have to have that chain wallet, you know, just yeah. don't move. That's, if you, that's if you fall the in the water, you're dead, man. <laughs> right, right, exactly. It's like cement shoes, no chain wallet death. There you go. Just put them down. But I mean, yeah, I mean the 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 
when when those guys handed me uh you know a demo tape of what the Bull Weevil songs were going to be and and Bob was singing at the time um you know they wanted me to sing so I thought yeah why not I can do that um I I, I, I give me the challenge I'll meet it so had you ever sang um, like previously like even thought about doing it or was it just like we want you to sing and you're like hell yeah dude I'm gonna do this. Well, I mean, you sing along with bands, you sing along yeah. with the car, of course, you sing in the shower, but yeah, I mean, I, I didn't sing ever, you know, professionally. I never was in the choir. I never signed up to do anything. I mean, yeah, I would sing along with things, but no, I, I didn't do it. Um, but like I said, my, my mom was pretty talented. My sister's yeah. pretty talented singer. My brother is. So I guess it runs in the genetics in some sense. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but you know, you just try it and you work it and you, you do what you can. So um, I think I had enough nervous energy that it, it just propelled me to just try my best and it seemed to work out. Okay. I got lucky. Yeah. <laughs> I got really lucky. Do you, do you think you would have ever ended up singing in a band if they wouldn't have kind of pushed you a bit? Uh, you know, I got asked to be in some other band before there was like this, I was in a band for a day called cynical man. Um, and it was kind of a, not even a, grindcore band it was kind of a uh, how would i describe it um it was a progressive metal kind of ish band okay. thing and um i swear i was in it for a day um and i'm like nah this is not gonna work <laughs> you know, it, was, it just it just wasn't good i'm like nah so yeah, I guess I tried some stuff. Um, nothing that was ever met with real metal to do, <laughs> pun, pun intended. Yeah. But, um, you know, my, my brother was in a band, which is kind of funny. He was in a band, um, some guys in high school that I knew, um, this band Vital Red. He was in that band for a little while, this band out here. And then he was in a band in college. When I was in, I was in a band in college, of course, too. I mean, we were both in bands in college, and his band was this bank called hundred acre wood that was you know kind of a uh alternative pop band um you know kind of funky too it's kind of cool um so yeah it was like I, I it wasn't a competition with us in any way there's no competition in any way shape or form he's my younger brother so no he shouldn't compete but um uh, <laughs> was he sing was he singing as well or was he doing something else Oh yeah, he would sing too. Okay. My, my brother, he he can really sing, man. That that kid, he's really talented. I mean, I I can entertain and I can kind of <laughs> hold the tune, you know, in some sense. And and people say I can sing good. For, I don't know if they can hear very well, but my brother, he he is like a, he is really talented. He can sing, dance. He's he's amazing, and he's a lawyer. So there you go. I'm a big fan of like kind of your stage presence and your stage persona. Like I was in preparation for talking to you, I went on like a rabbit hole kind of thing on you you. YouTube and watched a bunch of the stuff you guys have done. And I saw you guys on like a, a morning, like news show yeah. on Chicago. And you guys are in like the studio with all the, Hey, we're the newscasters. And, and yes. I just, you, you didn't give a shit. It was just like, you guys were playing punk rock bowling or something. You were jumping around the hairs going everywhere. I'm just like, that's how you do it, man. Even if you're on like the local news. Well, Whitney city live was a show and it was like, you know, we had to come in early and, you had to, you know, you did your first, you know, sound check and we did that. They made a second one that didn't go so well. And then you played live, you know, at the end. And, you know, the first one we came out and I'm just jumping around because that's all I do. I mean, I, the yeah. music goes, I get excited and we start jumping around because that's, that's our show. And they are all like, yeah, this is cool. And I asked specifically, can I have a, 
you know, wireless mic so I can go out in the audience and said, no, you can't have a wireless <laughs> mic. No, you can't. I'm like, okay, that's going to bring tail that. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but I'll still jump around. Um, and I don't think that, you know, the, you know, 70 year old ladies that were in the audience would like me coming up and, you know, crowd surfing on them or whatever, <laughs> you know, coming down on them. But, um, you know, we um, did our stuff and jumped around and, had them come out and talk about, you know, hey, who's the doctor? Who's the principal? Oh, that kind of, you know, <laughs> silliness. It's like, I mean, we know what that comes out of. It's like, okay, who do you think is the doctor? Is it the, you know, the guy, the white guy? Or is it the black guy with dreadlocks? Which one do you think? Oh, I'm like, you know, and and you, if you look at my face, I'm kind of smugly looking back going, what do you really think the answer to this is? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Honestly. Yeah. You know, it's like, just come on. Like, let's, we know what this is stemming from. I'm like, going to be like, well, what does the doctor look like? I mean, I, the doctor looks like this. What do I, would you think anything otherwise, you know, it's like, please. So, um, but yeah, we just did the, the stuff that we typically do. We brought that to the morning show, you know, afternoon, um, clutch crowd of coffee clutch crowd. So, um, it was, it was interesting. I mean, one of the ladies came up to Pete, our, our bass player, Pete Miller, and, uh, told him afterwards, Boy, you need Jesus, boy. I think you need Jesus. <laughs> That's awesome. So Pete's like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> Do I need Jesus? I don't know. There's, there's quite a bit on YouTube of like, you know, kind of news shows like that. Like, I think I saw like three or four, like when that happens, like, do they contact you guys? Or are you guys trying to make a push because you're trying to, I mean... How did all that stuff kind of come about? Because that's not the only one that I saw, and they're all fairly recent. They all kind of center around the idea that you're a doctor and you're in a punk band, but there seemed to be quite a few on there. We got, yeah, I got contacted by a bunch of people. Um, you know, I did this, you know, interview here for the you know, Chicago Tribune, um, and I've done a bunch of these before, and they kind of hit and then they go away, they hit and they go away. Um, and I did one for the Chicago Tribune, and it kind of went viral. It went national. <laughs> it was like, Hey, it's this guy who plays in the punk rock band is a doctor. And, um, then I got all these emails and people contacting me wanting to do interviews about it. Cause they thought, Oh, this is so unique. And so of course they're probably thinking you got this black guy, six foot four dreadlocks, who's a doctor and he plays in a punk rock band. Who's also a father, you know, to, <laughs> yeah. to these to three kids. Now, now the thing that they don't mention is that I couldn't do all this without the help of my wife. I mean, if I didn't have her, oh, yeah. how could I do all this stuff? So it's like, oh, he does this all on his own. Like, no way, man. There's no way I couldn't do this on my own. It'd be like, no, they they call DCFS on me. It'd be like, there's no way that could, wouldn't work. The, and children's services would come out and say, I'm taking your kids. You can't, you can't do all this on your own. So um, without having like a person that supports you, I mean, none of this would even be, you know, possible. So um yeah, so that's the thing. These people came out and contacted me and were, you know, hitting us. Then we got on, you know, WTTW, got on public television. And then that's been played a bunch of times. So it's always cool to have something that, you know, hits out there. I mean, you you want it to be your music. Yeah. But, you know, part of it's we are entertainers, right? And so part of the thing that's entertaining is people find a, a twist. And like I said, you start taking that bracket and you start breaking it down. That is a pretty unique thing to have a guy who's a physician who plays in a punk rock band who, who's me, you know, that that's the thing. So yeah, I mean, next thing, you know, hopefully there's calling us for a sitcom or something. Cause I think it'd be pretty good. That'd so, be awesome. Yeah. You know, somebody get on that, man. Somebody write something. Hey, Ben, Ben Roy out there, my write, write the sitcom with us in it. 
do that. <laughs> I had uh, Murphy, the bass player from Sugar Ray, on the show uh, about six, eight months ago, and we were talking about they were in like Scooby Doo the movie, and they were in something else. Like, yeah, you you guys need to be like the punk band in some movie that's coming out. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well, there is actually one coming out. Um, you know, Screw City is the name of this movie coming out that um, a couple of buddies of ours are making. Um, and it's kind of a coming of age story of a, you know, kid who's in a punk rock band and looking at what their life's going to be. So um, that, that's online. You can check out the, you know, the, the page on it. And um, so we're supposed to be a part of that, which will be cool. Awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there hopefully other opportunities come out of that. I mean, we things keep on popping up and, you can't complain, you know, when the opportunity arises and if we can do it, we'll be glad to to jump on and do something. Cause it's always fun, man. That's the key thing is having a great time. How did the punk rock bowling thing come about? I mean, are you guys, you guys working with management or did someone just contact you guys? Cause they like the band. Yeah. So, you know, our, our, you know, booking folks, you know, uh, Landon, uh, does our booking. So, um, we, uh, we're out, you know, we, we played a kind of a, I guess a after show that wasn't an official after show like four years ago. Yeah. And, you know, so it was, you know, not well attended. Um, and we'd always wanted to get back playing punk rock bowl. And we'd known the Stearns for a long time from our days way back when I'd uh, be on Dr. Strange and playing in California and hanging out with the youth brigade guys, you know, great guys. And, you know, opportunity arose where, you know, Hey, I got a call from, our booking guy and Landon goes, Hey, do you want to, you know, do this show? And I'm like, Oh, of course we do. Of course we go out there. So, um, and it turned out to be the show with Pennywise and, and sick of it all. And, you know, um, and drug church and, and Noogie and, and JFA. I mean, it, it's like, that's, yeah, you're going to play that show. That's like, of course we're going to do that by hook or by crook. I don't care if I'm, you know, if we're, if, you know, crawling out there, we're going to do the show. And, you know, we get out there day one and great, great slot to play in. And we did our thing and it was awesome. It was amazing. Um, you know, playing festivals like that's a, a great. I mean, we've done, you know, punk rock bowling. Um, we did Rebellion Fest uh, a couple of years ago in, in uh, Blackpool. Um, <clears throat> you know, it, it's like th- those things are really cool opportunities that, you know, once they're offered to you, yeah, you find a way to get that done and do it. Um, and we're, I'm just happy that we still get things offered to us like that. You know, that, that's a great thing for a band that doesn't, you know, hasn't released anything in a while, a long time, a while's a long time. <laughs> hasn't it been since like the nineties <laughs> or, or am I, did I, did I miss something maybe? Was there something else? Yeah, we had a, a, a 2015, we put out a seven inch. So oh, okay, uh, yeah. called the attack seat. So yeah, it's, it's on our Bandcamp page. Um, I think I, I think I have that. that. I think I mean you guys haven't put out like a full length or anything since like no okay no since God since heavyweight so um yeah it's like we we've not had the prolific recording you know uh, history but I mean as people have said you know our songs sound pretty timeless which is actually pretty good that you know they they can still 
play these songs and they still sound pretty current. Well, dude, I'll, um, I'll tell you, like, even today, like, I woke up and it's kind of a weird ritual for me. Like, whoever's on the show, I wake up and I listen to them while I'm getting ready or when I'm getting my kids breakfast or whatever. Yeah. And I was listening, I listened to stick out your neck, like the entire thing today. And if you, if someone like sent me a link to that and told me that it was some band from Chicago and they just recorded it, I mean, it sounds like, I mean, it is, it's kind of timeless. Some punk rock isn't like that. I, I just, I don't think it's dated, dated like other stuff, you know? Thanks. Well, and I, I appreciate that. And I, I'm, I, I'm glad that we can write stuff like that. And I think it is because of our, once again, our kind of diverse kind of choices in what we listen to. And you, we like timeless stuff. I mean, I, <laughs> you like old Looney Tunes songs. You like yeah. old songs from, you know, that are classic things, you know, hello, my baby, hello, my darling. That's stuff that you will sing forever. And hopefully we can write stuff like that. Um, so, um, yeah, our, our ability to get shows like, you know, punk rock bowling and, and other festival shows and bigger shows with bands that come through, it's, it's awesome that we've built relationships with people over time that still, you know, foster fruit um, and still, you know, move us forward, which is really cool. Um, you know, I, I, I have to say I'm, I'm very honored and, and happy that we can still do the stuff that we get to do. And I think it's because we built relationships with people over time that have been really, really good and have been, you know, grown you know, organically over time, which is, which is cool. Um, and hopefully we can still get those things to happen for us. So, you know, we keep on pushing and we'll keep on doing the things as we have uh, time to do them. So you get, you guys got the band together. You met at the Naked Raygun show. Uh, I, I was reading that you're, I think that one of the early tours, this might be one of the bigger earlier tours you guys did. You went out with the Smoking Popes in 1993. Can you tell me what it was like? Because, I mean, at that point, Smoking Popes maybe weren't huge. Like they they eventually got fairly big, but... Was that you guys, I'm sure were in a van. Was it just like your first time doing the entire country? Like what was the feeling like when you guys set out on that tour? Yeah, it was the first time we'd gone out and, you know, we're going to go around and do a major tour. Um, and our friends and the Popes were coming with us, which was really cool. Um, and you know, they, they were like in a station wagon and driving around <laughs> like in a little car and we were in a van and, you know, Pete, who's our bass player now, was our, our driver slash roadie. He didn't do much roadieing. He just did some driving, um, but wouldn't carry anything. And so, um, you know, we, we were going out. And actually, Joe from, uh, you know, Joe Principe was also one of our, our roadies as well. Wow. And during that, during that tour, he was shilling out, you know, 88 Fingers Louie, their first seven inch. He was basically selling their stuff on tour when we were on tour. <laughs> awesome. So he was like, Oh yeah, he'd be by our merch booth. Oh yeah. Oh, by the way, here, buy this too. <laughs> Take this 88 fingers Louie thing. And like, <laughs> come on, man. So, <clears throat> but it was fun because it was all of us as friends going out on this adventure and we'd never done it. But, and the funny thing is our, our, we pull up to, you know, meet up with the popes to go to the first show we're playing in Wisconsin. Um, and, Ken and I are fighting already. Like we're just like at like ready to come to blows. And I'm I'm threatening to rip his trachea out, all kinds of stuff, <laughs> just crazy stuff. And we roll out of the van just fighting. And then of course, like Josh and those guys are like, okay, this is what it's gonna be like. This is crazy. So um then we go off on tour and it was it was fun. Um it, it didn't end fun for everybody, but it was fun enough looking back on it. I mean, we had some adventurous times. We we're in Montana 
playing a show at this big community center and it, it, it's classic fun where we're, we're hanging out and there's like everybody in town is at this show. I mean, cowboys, cowgirls, Native American people, you know, kids, adults, just people and a bunch of, you know, the skinheads are there. Some of them claim that they're sharp. Other guys are, are supposedly Nazis. It's like a whole big thing. Yeah. Um, they all get kicked out. The one guy who's helping us with the show is this one African-American guy who's there from San Diego, who's like total surfer dude. Like, dude, everything's all cool. I'm glad you guys are here. We're going to go to this party afterwards. And there was this like girl that's there who's like just like this siren who's like, yeah, you guys got to come to the show. And we're like, yeah, we're going to go to this party with you. It's going to be awesome. Um, we end up going to this party. It's at the house of one of the kids they say is a Nazi. We walk into this root cellar and it's like all the kids are there. There's like this swastika on the wall. There's this, you know, Confederate flag. There's all these kids playing with a butterfly knife, trying to get money out of a, a, a parking meter that they ripped out of the ground. It's like just this weird, you know, Mad Max post-apocalyptic kind of crazy thing, you know, like murder house stuff. Um, <laughs> and we're like, uh, we got to find our way out of here. So we're, we're kind of gathering up the popes and we're trying to get out of that place. And we get, you know, we see this dude's got a gun. It's crazy stuff. And then they tell us we're all going to go rappelling down a mountain in the middle of the night in Montana like, no, nah, that's not going to happen. We're, we're not going to do that. It's just just crazy stuff. Then we, we we leave town in a flurry, don't have any gas, have to sleep out in the middle of like this, you know, town waiting for the gas station to open in the morning. And there's a patrolman who's basically a guy who looks like Hillbilly Jim from the WWF, um, kind of driving around, circling our car like a shark. Um, and, you know, Pete says he's going to talk to the guy because Pete kind of looks really like, you know, uh, a, a a real old fashioned dude. And so, um, we, we, he looks at me and says, you hide underneath all that merch. So I'm hiding in the back. Like it's <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm a runaway slave or something in, in the Grand <laughs> railroad. And then he, he looks at Jill and goes, you're kind of dark too. You need to hide underneath there too. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. So I mean, it's, it's just, that's the kind of stuff that happened on tour. Just going to places. We end up in a place in, um, uh, the, the last show that the Popes played, it was in um, New Mexico, and we call the place the shit house because they the, the kids were promoting it had these gigantic like letters from a sign that were spelling out the word shit in the place. Um, there was no shit in the place; just the word shit were written there. Yeah. And you know we're in we're in New Mexico, Albuquerque, and we're like you know trying to figure out the route we're going to go. The, the van broke down once in California um, and we were trying to figure out r- routes to take. And we're like, don't take back roads. And I'm arguing with, you know, Brian, our drummer at the time about taking back roads. And then Ken starts arguing with me. So I start fighting with Ken and we start going into this whole clench mode where we're almost like, you know, sumo wrestlers kind of wrestling each other in the middle of a wiener schnitzel. Everybody leaves us. We're like hanging out there in the 110 degree heat. They say, call the police on us. We're waiting to get picked up. They pick us back up. We go to the show and um, the popes had already been, you know, traveling and, and Eli was losing his mind and it was just all this bad shit was happening. Um, and they drive up and there's like some drive by shooting that happened somewhere, I guess. I have no idea about this. And Josh just looks at me and goes, yeah, we're going home. So they just drive home. They drive directly home from New Mexico back to Chicago and we got to finish the rest of the tour. So we're at the shit house, ready to play the show. And the only people there are the promoter and his friend. 
And we're like, what the hell, man? This is this is like the way this goes. So we we are leaving this show. We're like, this is just ridiculous. And the dudes are like, can we come with you guys? Can we bum a ride back to Chicago? Like back to Chicago? No, you from can't come Albuquerque. With us. Yes, from Albuquerque. I'm like, no, you can't come with us on the rest of the tour. What the hell, man? You didn't know. So we finished out the tour and we we made money on the tour. We actually did, which is cool. That's crazy um, that you guys made but, I mean, money. <laughs> We did. We made money. If the van broke down and everything, we we made money in the end, which was actually cool. So our first tour, we go out. We had great time. Um, booked it from Book Your Own Fucking Life, the the, the old you know. Used it many uh, times. We, we talk yep. about it on this podcast all the time, man. Yeah, remember you had to, like get on pay phones and call people to make sure things are ready for your shows and things like well, that. My, you know, my drummer, the guy that had the big log chain, he worked uh, when we got out of high school for a while in the summer. He was working at this gas station. They had the old like prepaid. Uh, long distance cards and he would just steal all of them. And we would just use that to book entire <laughs> tours. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Calling places up, making cold calls to make yeah. sure you can get these shows set up. But I mean, the, the first tour was fun. I mean, and now, now we look back on it. It's like, I, I talked to Josh about this from the Pope's and we, we laugh about these things. We talk about these stories and we just laugh. It's like, you, you know, anybody in a room, all of us guys from way back when, and you start talking about these things and it's funny. We, we, we have, we're, we're supposed to have like this, you know, little club thing. We get together like me, Dennis and, you know, Josh and whoever else wants to join. We have this thing. We're supposed to go out and, you know, have some drinks and just commiserate and talk about stuff. Um, so we do that. It's, it's pretty funny. Um, and we just start laughing. It's the, the stuff we talk about and bring up now you can laugh so hard about it before it was like, Oh my God, we almost died. This is oh, yeah. a bunch of bullshit. This, I'm so angry about this. But now looking back, you know, on those experiences that really made us into who we are today, um, it's it's pretty cool that you we had opportunities to do this stuff and tell these stories that other people who've done it understand, but other people who've never done it look at it and go like, I can't believe you guys did that. It, it's awesome. It's awesome. I tell my wife stories all the time and she's like, that really happened. I'm like, yeah, it yeah, really happened. Stranger than fiction stuff happens all yeah. the time. You're like you cannot believe that that happens. Like, Oh yeah, this happened. Well, and I mean, it comes, it comes up all the time on this show. Like I'll have people on this show that have sold millions of records. And I'm like, how was the tour? How was the stadium tour? And they're like, it was the same every day and boring as hell. You know, right. everybody wants to talk about the old days where you're, you know, you're eating ramen noodles and you're, you're sleeping on people's floors and the van blows up. Like those are the days right. that you remember fondly, you know? Right. Right. You do. You remember them fondly now, but back then you're like, Oh, oh. God, what the hell? but even that, no, back then you were living it going, but what are you doing? You're there were out. tours. There were things on tour that happened at the time when I was in my early twenties where I was like, man, I'm just going to go home and, you know, try to get a bank job or something. <laughs> like This just <laughs> right. isn't going to happen. But then, you know, remove yourself. Now I'm 40 and I'm looking back and I'm like, man, that time that we got stuck in New Mexico or Arizona or wherever it was. And, and we thought that we were going to get raped by these old redneck guys. Like that was the right. best time ever, you know? <laughs> Right, right, exactly. Because those are experiences that are so unique that you can look back and go, "Who, who else is going to have that?" It's yeah. like this is, it, it's so like amazing the things that you've gone through, and you go, "That's formative years right there." I mean, yeah. Wow, that that I was resilient enough to survive this. So anything now in the future is nothing. This is cake. So <laughs> that's the thing. Well, and I mean, I know you know 
you you guys are doing a lot of shows now, or at least more than you used to. But I don't. You're not really doing like full on like month long tours or whatever. No, no. I, I know that you know playing in the Ataris. We got hotel rooms most nights. It was kind of like you know leisurely touring, not like it was when I was super super young. And right. now that I'm 40, you know, almost 41, I get offers to tour all the time with different bands. But I'm like, is there a bus? Do we right. get do we get hotel rooms? Like, <laughs> what's right. cat what's catering gonna be like? Like, man, I'm not 20 anymore. Like, I just right. I don't know. Right. Your back can't handle sleeping on someone's floor yeah, with a I cat know. that's like trying to suffocate you. It's just sitting on your face. It's like you can't. You can't do that. It's like, no, it's not going to work out. Dude, for when you. I was 20 years old, like give me a half hour of sleep, a can of Red Bull and a Snickers and I'll do whatever you want, dude. Like it's fine. Right but now. Right. It's way different. <laughs> right. You have, you have sensibilities about yourself. Yeah, yeah. My, my precious sensibilities cannot be trampled upon on this tour. I cannot have, I must sleep on the thousand sheet, you know, a thousand thread sheets. <laughs> Egyptian, are, Egyptian, you know, cotton. Egyptian yeah. Cotton, it's, if that's not that, I'm not going. It's in my writer. It's like, <laughs> that doesn't happen still, by the way. So it's like, no. Oh, we got a motel room? Well, that was, well, that's the money spent right there. We're not getting that back. That's how that goes. Dude, so. dude, I used to all the time, you know, the best thing about having a writer, I don't know if you guys have experienced it, but like, it doesn't matter. Nobody ever really fills it correctly. But when, no. whenever we would play college shows, they would fill it to the T, man. I mean, anything you put on there, you could put on the helm, the football helmet full of cottage cheese or whatever they said on Wayne's World, and they would do it because they have the budget and they thought they had to. So every time there was a college show, I'm like, yes, we're getting everything on the rider. <laughs> the things that we asked for that were completely ludicrous, we're going to get. Oh, so yeah, yeah. smile and enjoy it, folks. <laughs> smile and enjoy it. <laughs> so the one thing I wanted to ask you did that tour you guys did other tours as well the band started out you know the whole thing about becoming a doctor like did you go to med school like it was the plan from the beginning or did you take some time like away from college and then decide that's what you wanted to do what was your trajectory for becoming a doctor alongside the band well, I want to be a doctor since I was like seven years old so okay. that was always a part of the, what was going to happen I mean I never took any time off you know, as a, oh, let me go find myself and do this. I mean, I knew who I was. It's like, you know, you got to find yourself. That's, you know, good for you. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, good luck. But um, no, you, you I, I straight went from, you know, college to med school and um, I was in a band at the time. So, you know, I played throughout my, you know, college years and um, then through medical school, um, you know, played in a band. And, you know, until I started residency, that was the big thing. You know, when I started residency, um, that was the thing that was the death throes for the Bow Weevils. You know, we couldn't, yeah. you know, I mean, we didn't have to because I played in a band after that. I played in a band called Landos 45 during my residency. I remember and that band. I didn't so, know you were in that yeah. band. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I was a singer for Landos 45. So well, I should I should have um, known that now. I've, I've, I've got all that stuff as well. See, there you, see, thank you. Thank you very much. I have this vault of all my old stuff, and I, just, I guess I just have to go through it. It's been many, many years. Right. Well, you better go back and let the Lando's 45 stuff, you yeah, know. Yeah. But it's like we, we you know, I, I wanted to always be a doctor. So, um, you know, the pursuit of medicine wasn't going to stop playing in a band because yeah. um, I had the opportunity to do it. That's all I did. I mean, it was like we would, you know, go to shows. I would study, hang out with guys in, in the band and go to the fireside all the time. Um, 
And that was it. And then when we would go on tour, it was like between, you know, rotations or during like the first couple of years in medical school, back when I was training, you know, you had like a summer off, you know, so we'd go on tour in the summer. I'd come back and then start up for my second year. And then, you know, that's when you then transition to your third and fourth year, which you do your clinical stuff. So that second year, I also, we went on tour again. Um, and then during my clinical rotations, um, you'd have like 10 days off between rotations. So I would be, I'd end a rotation and it was literally be picked up by the guys and we would go for the 10 days. We'd go out someplace wow. and then I'd come back and start another rotation. So I didn't really go visit my family. You know, my family was the band, you know, that, that was it. They knew. Um, and you know, I, I, I knew that was my sacrifice, but I wanted to do that. So, um, but some of the things we had to sacrifice, I couldn't go on extended tours that we got offered. We got offered to do, you know, Europe and Japan. And I, I couldn't do that stuff because yeah. I was in medical school at the time and I had to pursue my studies to become a physician. So it, it's finding ways to balance it all. I didn't sleep a lot. I'll tell you, there was a lot of <laughs> lack of sleep. Um, and, um, but it, it worked out. Okay. I mean, I, I, I well, yeah, it would work out. Okay. Look, me, I'm a, emergency business. I'm doing fine. So, um, have you ever had someone come through the emergency room that was like, Oh, I love your band. Like, like fans of the band that you've actually like helped out in the emergency room all the time. Really? It, really? It, it can go, it can go all kinds of different ways. You know, people have either knew the band from before and they come out and they, they state it or people have seen something on television like that, you know, Wendy CD live thing or some other stuff that's been on and they, they pointed out, um, I remember when I was in medical school, I was taking care of a guy who was having a heart attack and his son was a big fan of the band and he kept just going, oh, you're Daryl from the Bulls. I'm like, um, yeah, your dad's having a heart attack right now. That's not, me being in the band is not important at all. Um, so that wow. was kind of a weird little thing for recognition. Um, but yeah, it happens a lot where people recognize and go like, oh my God, you play in this band. I'm like, yeah, I do. And they're like, oh, cool. And then they all say the same stuff. Oh, I'll come see you play. But I'm like, no, nah, you're not going to. No, don't worry about it. It's like, I, that, 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 that's not a part of this right now. Right now, what we need to deal with is your health and what we need to do about that. And the band stuff is not even a part of the day. You yeah. know, some people joke around like, are you going to, you know, jump off of the gurney and, you know, <laughs> jump on? No, I'm not going to do that. That's not what happened right now. No, I'm going to, I'm going to suture up the cut and then we're going to send you on your way. That's what we're going to do. So do you ever have people like that you meet at work that like they find out you're in a band and they're like, what kind of music is it? And you say punk rock and they just kind of look at you because they have no idea what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes. But now with the advent of, you know, people looking things up online, they can look and go, oh, okay, that's what you do. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. But it's it's kind of weird because it's a, you know, Jekyll and Hyde thing. I mean, I'm not, I'm not that way when I'm in the hospital. It's like I turn a switch on when we're performing and then it turns off. You know, it, when I'm in the hospital, it's like, well, this is me. I'm Dr. Daryl Wilson. This is what I'm doing right now. And this is how things go. But then people want to bring it up and it's like, it's really not the appropriate time to do that, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and I don't suddenly switch into mode like, yeah, you know, F this, blah, blah. You know, I'm like, no, it's like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, I do that. But right now we're focused on this. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then, then there's lulls and we'll talk about stuff and I can talk about the cool stuff that, you know, I do and, and get to, you know, hang around with cool people. But um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> people sometimes discover it and they go, I didn't know you played in the band. And then they look at it and go, oh my God, that's crazy. <laughs> or some people come to shows, you know, from work and they've come to shows and they experience it. And it's, it's, it's cool, you know, when they come out and they, they enjoy it, you know, lots of times. Um, so um, people have come out, people, have, you know, 
have become fans, which is cool. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I like walking that line between, I guess I put it in quotes, two worlds when it really isn't. It's just what I do. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, what I do. Um, it's only strange to other people, right? <laughs> right. right. And, and, you know, in people's, you know, idea what punk rock is can be varied. You know, it could be like that yeah. whole chips episode where they had the people, you know, who were punk rock people. Oh and yeah. They yeah were, I've you know, seen that. Down. <laughs> um, you know, or, you know, people's idea of punk rock stems from, you know, um, I don't know. They, they've watched a, a documentary compl- um, on punk rock or they used to be punk rock or whatever they would say. So, <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I have, I have one more doctor question and we're going to, we're going to go to something else, but, uh, sure. being a doctor and having a lot of friends that are kind of degenerate punk rock musicians, how often, <laughs> how often do you get texts and calls and stuff like, Hey, I've got this mole on my back <laughs> all, all the time. That happens not only from my, you know, my more colorful friends it happens from all kinds of people. So, I mean, that's yeah. just one of those things that comes with the territory of being a physician that, you know, family and friends are going to ask questions about, you know, their health and which is, you know, we're there to answer those questions because, you know, it's, it's good to have information that helps you to make better decisions. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, hell, I, I get those questions incessantly from members of my own band all the time. Yeah. about health things. <laughs> so, yeah, awesome. I mean, I, I the, you know, I'm the healthcare provider for everybody. So, and, and it's, it's fine. I, I, I don't mind it. Um, you know, it's funny because lawyers get to charge for, you know, any little conversation they oh, have yeah. with you. But you, can, you, you can't, that, if you could charge, you'd be rich. Man. Yeah. If I could bill for that, that'd be great. My kids would be like eating gold laced food all the time. It'd be great. <laughs> I was just, I was just like picturing you at punk rock bowling and like the line of musicians, like actually lining up at a table, coming up and going, Dr. Daryl, will you look at this? <laughs> you know, I, I would gladly do that. <laughs> you yeah. know, I'd, I'd gladly do that. It's not a problem. You know, it's, it's, I get those questions all the time and, um, you know, I, I, I will, answer them appropriately. You know, I can answer them in a joking way, but I mean, if somebody has a serious question regarding their health, I'm always there to answer the question. Cool, man. Well, I'll tell you what, we're getting to the end of this. I know you said you're not busy, but I'm gonna let you go enjoy your Sunday with your family. Um, we do top five lists. I've been doing them on the show. People send them in and whatnot, but I've been giving my guests top five lists. So I went right off the top of your head. I'm going to ask you a top five list and you're going to just tell me what you think. Okay. Okay. So being from Chicago, the history of Chicago, the the rich musical history of Chicago, your top five bands of all time, any genre from Chicago. Top five bands of all time. Is it? They can be in any order. It it can be a random order. No particular order? order? Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Um, I'd say, okay, Naked Ray Gun. Okay. Uh, I would say Earth, Wind, and Fire. Ooh, awesome choice. Yeah. Uh, Chicago. You have to go with that one. It's named after the city, right? Right. Chicago. Um, let's see. Um, Chaka Khan okay. and Rufus, you know, those guys. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, that's three so far. Um, let's see. Actually, that's four, I think. That's four. Yeah. Okay. You only have one more that way. I'll get you, let you off the hook a little bit easier. No, that's fine. Um, and let's see. Um, geez. Smashing pumpkins. No, no, <laughs> just, no, no, kidding. no. I'm just kidding around. Um, 
I even have to think about this for a second. Hold on. It's off the top of my head. Um, it's a tough I get, one. I, get I, joke. I put people on I the could spot. Joke say the, I could say the Blues Brothers, but I mean, come on. Let's, let's I mean, be, yeah, you could yeah, say that. That would work. Do that. Um, <laughs> but I, I'd say, um, can it be a surrounding area of Chicago? Sure, yeah. It can be like the whole like regional area. Cheap Trick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. I thought that was going to be on your list. I'd forgotten for a second. Yeah, Cheap Trick. Okay, so let's let's uh, condense it but down. Also, see, but also, then, then it's like, I got to say, like, Articles of Faith. Articles I mean, of Faith are great, know, yeah. So, I mean, you're throwing things around there. The effigies, it's like, I, I could keep going, and it's like, you give me five, so you're hurting me here. So let's do top five in any order punk bands from any era from Chicago or the surrounding areas. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um top five and we'll just so, we'll just say we'll, six we'll do honorable mention dennis and those guys in 88 we'll put them in there <laughs> <laughs> it's fine uh let's see so god that's a hard wouldn't naked so, naked ray gun would be in there again well right? naked ray guns in there yeah that's yeah. in there um so that's a given what about um, what about peg boy peg boy of course um and you mentioned the effigies there effigies great. Articles of Faith. We could just name all Articles the great bands see, from Chicago. See, you're, you're making me pick because I'd say things like, you know, Apocalypse Hoboken. Oh, I would yeah. say, yeah, yeah. You know, um, God, I could go back and could say Slapstick. Oh, I love, um, love Slapstick. You know, and, and throw things around like that. So, like the Lawrence Arms, you know, it's just, Hell yeah. you know. So, I mean, you're, you're making me pick. <laughs> And it's like hard to to say the bow weevils, of course. Of and come course, on, the bow like, weevils—they're one mean, of my favorites. But yeah. I mean, geez. But I mean, that, that's like me picking my own nose. It's like yeah. crazy. <laughs> um, so I, I, eighty-eight, you know. I, I mean, it's it's a hard thing to do because I mean, alkaline trio. It's like, what do you mean? <laughs> it's like what some people do, some people live in these cities and like they can name bands they like. But man, Chicago just has so many great bands. I, right. That's, I don't think I could do a top five. I'd leave people out that I love too much. You know, it's hard to pick. I, I have to say that it's like, we just have a, you know, a plethora of great bands. I mean, you, you, it's like you start naming one, it goes into another. So it's like, you say all time and it's like, who's the all time greats. And but who's picking that up now? It's like, it's like trying to name, well, I'll, I'll tell you, the greatest basketball player is Michael Jordan, of course. But then yeah. people will say that didn't come out of their era. You know, they say Kobe Bryant, you know, or they'll say LeBron. And it's like, it all comes out, you know, Oscar Robinson, you know, it's like yeah. I, you could throw it out there and say, who's the best? It's like who you see at the time is going to kind of hit you yeah. and say, this is who the greatest are. Um so yeah, I, I hate you for asking me that question. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I, I hope I hope that the hate fades away because I've had a really good time talking to you and I'd love to have you back in the future, man. Oh yeah, Chris, I'd love to be back. This was a great time. And I'll have a better top five. Maybe I'll have like a top 20 or something. I, and then I'll tell you what, for the, for the next one, I will send you the list ahead of time and you can come up right. with it. Okay. <laughs> exactly. I'll just, like start picking and choosing <laughs> up the bat. Uh, start comparing my brackets and see who's going to win out. So what does the future hold for the band for you personally? I mean, like you said, you guys haven't put out a full length for a while. I know there was the seven inch that I have obviously missed and I'm stupid, but, uh, What's are you guys recording? Is there a writing process process going on? What's going on on oh, with the band? Well, yeah, so I, I'm here. To, yeah, we're we're recording uh, July end of July. So July twenty uh, fifth to twenty seventh, we're gonna go into the studio. We're going in end of July to start uh, recording the new stuff for an EP. So we've got uh, songs that are ready to go, 
and we're now getting in there. Um, it'll be, it'll, it'll be good. It'll be great. We're happy about that. Um, you know, of course, playing more shows, uh, starting in August, uh, through the end of the year. So we've got more shows coming up. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to keep on writing new stuff, playing songs, having a good time and, and enjoying it while we can, you know, I, I don't see any, you know, uh, steam coming out of it. I don't see us quitting anytime soon. Um, you know, I try to keep myself in shape, like I was saying earlier, you know, and, and so we can keep on pursuing this for as long as possible. Um, so yeah, I, I see the future is looking good. Um, and I'm excited about our new stuff and excited to get back into the studio and record. So, um, hopefully you guys are excited to hear this stuff. I'm excited to hear it. I'm also excited to uh, buy a hoodie or a zippy. I saw on the Instagram, <laughs> there's like that company that now, now the, uh, the stick out your neck guy, like, like bull weevils logo zippy is available. And I'm going to, I'm going to order one soon. Oh yeah. Go to anxious and angry, you know, and go get your, your stuff. Go there, check out the collections. You, you, you all kinds of good stuff. There's go to anxious and So it'll be good. Well, speaking of anxiousandangry.com, what are the band's socials? What are your socials so people can check you out? So it's our Bandcamp, which I think is the Bowievals at Bandcamp.com, something like that. We are on uh, Facebook um, at the Bowievals. We're also on Instagram and I believe Twitter. I don't know if we even tweet things anymore. <laughs> so, but I think we're on Instagram primarily and Facebook, um, as well as on Bandcamp. And then you can get our stuff um uh, at anxiousandangry.com so we're all over the place are you guys going to be working with a label for this new ep or is it all self-released yeah i mean we're looking at stuff we've got some uh interest from you know snappy little uh numbers um and um yeah so we're, we're looking at where it's going to land so um people are interested please let us know um but we've got some uh stuff in the works which is cool so um It'll be good. It'll be good. We're just excited to get it out there. Well, Daryl, I just want to say, man, this has been a complete, uh, it's an honor for me, man, because I've loved your band since I was a freshman in high school. And I never thought I would be talking to you on the telephone and recording it. If you'd gone back and told the, you know, 14 year old me this was going to happen, I wouldn't have believed it. But uh, uh, thanks, th Chris. Thank you so much for being on the show. Continued, you know, good fortune and luck to you and your family and the band. I can't wait to hear the new EP. And uh, thanks, man. when the EP comes out, you got to come back and talk to us. Okay. Of course. Of course. I'm ready, man. Anytime, Chris. It was fun. Awesome. Well, have a great evening with your family and uh, stay away from water parks, man. <laughs> exactly especially when it's raining it's the wettest water park ever awesome man well i will talk to you soon daryl have an excellent evening okay thanks man appreciate it man see you later see ya so there it was my conversation with mr daryl wilson from the bull weevils hope you guys enjoyed that he's got a really cool story man the just you know thinking about being in a punk band and getting to go to punk rock bowling and do all this really cool stuff but then you're also saving lives i mean it's just I don't know. I really respect Daryl and I think he's a he's a good stand-up guy. He's also a dad like me and it was nice hearing about his kids and and you know going to the water park and whatnot. So thanks a lot Daryl for being on the show. We'll have you back in the future when you guys have something new coming out. Uh, if you guys ever get the chance to check out the Bull Weevils live, make sure you do that. They're awesome and uh, like I said Daryl's stage presence is insane. So uh, that's it for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. I am very, very excited for the weeks to come. I have some crazy guests 
Next week, I have a special episode with Jonathan Newby and Eric Johnson from the band Brazil. I toured with Brazil back in the day. I actually played bass with them for a while. They are getting back together for a reunion show on August 30th at the Hi-Fi in Indianapolis. It's to celebrate the 15th anniversary of their debut full-length record on, on Fearless Records entitled A Hostage in the Meaning of Life. And we talk all about the reunion show. We talk about being on tour and the crazy stuff we used to get into. It's it's a really cool episode. That'll be out next week. And uh, the week after that, it's, it's, it's a special one for me. I recorded it today, but I don't want to talk too much about it. It's pretty awesome. And uh, yeah, that's it for this week. I'm going to get out of here. I always play a song, and I was trying to think of which song I wanted to play by the Bull Weevils. And my favorite song that I've heard from them is this song called Talk People. It was actually on the very first Hopeless Records comp, that Hopelessly Devoted to You, Volume 1. And uh, it was kind of hard to find because Hopeless has kind of hid all their stuff on YouTube. So uh, I was trying to find it to make sure that was the right song because I couldn't find my actual CD of the sampler. And so I ended up just going to iTunes and just said, screw it. And I bought it. And I'm not sorry that I did because I love the song and I couldn't find it. I just remembered that was the name of the song that I loved so much back in the day. So uh, I'm going to play Talk People by the Bull Weevils, and I will see you guys next week. Chris out. What's up, everyone? It's Joe, and I'm the host of That's Awesome with Joe, a podcast on the newly formed Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. I talk with tons of your favorite artists, managers, touring personnel, and more. 
Most of the time we talk about music, but lots of the time we end up talking about something completely unrelated. We laugh a lot. We do a lot of really stupid things, but also some things that are really informative and interesting. Basically, it's a podcast that I think you should listen to. Obviously, I'm biased because it's my podcast, but I think I might be into it if I wasn't the host. Check it out at SoundTalentMedia.com.